everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, one of my favorite things is to introduce my favorite people to my favorite people. And today I have one of my very favorite people, Christine Kane, with me. And Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Julie, I'm I'm pumped to be on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're so glad that you're here. You know, one of the reasons that you are one of my favorite people is because you were actually the very first guest speaker that we had here at Christ Fellowship for our first sisterhood event 11 years ago. Okay, I was trying to work out how long. Years. Isn't that amazing? Years. And you know, what I remember the most is that on that day when you came, it was like, it was an infusion of confidence into a generation of girls that, that they realized when you spoke that no matter what had happened to them in the past, that God had a plan for their future. It was also an impartation of courage that you kind of called us all up, that we could all make a difference together and, and really fight the, the, the human trafficking that was going on across the planet. It was at that event that so many girls were called up. You know, I remember that you imparted courage into a generation of girls that realized when they heard your story, that no matter what had happened to them in their past, that God had a plan and a future for them. And it was just an infusion of courage and impartation of courage when you called us all up that we could all make a difference and end human trafficking in the 21st century by partnering with you. And it's just been a privilege to be a partner with you every step of the way. And you've just continued to invest in our church family for the last 11 years. It's been amazing. So thank you for your friendship. And we're just excited about having you with us today. I'm fired up. I'm actually so pumped when you talked about calling the women up. I don't know that there's anything I love to do more Mm -hmm. than that than to see the potential within everyone activated. So that's awesome. Yeah. And God's just used you mightily. I mean, we've done so many of your studies. I've read every one of your books, but this last one, How Did I Get Here, has just been, it was just a window into your life. And in that book, you shared a a very personal, vulnerable story about a time that you wanted to ring the bell. And I'd love for you to share that with us. Yeah, sure. You know, it was um, a few years ago now, but I think to a degree, it happened to me then to prepare me for now because so many people are on the edge in some way, shape or form of going, look, I just want to tap out. It's just too hard. The pressure's too much. And I think for me, it was, um, I had a, like everyone, a, a perfect storm. You know, my my mum had passed away. My, my brother's wife had passed away. One of Nick's sisters passed away and one of Nick's brother-in-laws passed away all in a three-month period. Like it's just, and a lot of back and forth to Australia, funerals, family, all the the things that come with loss and grief and pain, which is just so real. And I think for me, it also triggered just another layer of, you know, not knowing who my biological mother is. I had a very complicated relationship with my mum who passed away. So I think all that was going on personally. Um, This was all around um, the end of 2016, 2017. You might remember, Julie, during that time in particular, and, you know, we live here in America, it was a very volatile time on the planet. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember that if you're any kind of public figure, 
you were just waking up around that time of um, going, who am I going to disappoint today? Because it wouldn't matter what I did. Like if I, right. uh, I had one group of people, you know, if you've got any kind of profile is like, you should be saying more about this, Chris, or other people, you know, you should be saying nothing about that. Or you just literally felt paralyzed. And so I, I felt the pressure of that, of people wanting me to be a world expert on so many things. I'm like, you know, like <laughs> I just, I, I've got a story to tell, but yeah. you know, again, with any profile, suddenly you're supposed to be an immigration expert or this expert or that. And you're like, I don't know. I went yeah. to school for English and economic history. I read books. You know, that's what I do. And so there, that happened. And then I had a very personal betrayal from a close friend. Um, you know, David wrote in the scripture, if it was my enemy that was against me, it would have right. been easy. But when it was my friend that we wow. used to go to the house of God to get, he wrote that in the Psalms. And it just really captured the language for me. When it was the person, man, we, we were in this together, you right. know, and um, all of those things. And I, I understand it was one thing after the other. What it led me to was the best way I can word it was thinking, maybe I'll take my foot off the gas a, a bit. You know, I, I wasn't thinking... I'm, I'm going to go and do something ridiculous. But one night I came home and Nick was watching this Netflix series on the Navy SEALs and it was called Hell Week. Now, before then, I had never known there was this thing called Hell Week, which the whole goal was that it's the elite um, troops that go in. Uh, so you have to be the best to actually even get into that week. And then you go through a whole lot of physical and mental and emotional thing. And the whole goal is to break you down. You don't eat, you don't sleep hardly, you do all of these missions, but they break you down so that if you break there, that's the preference so that you don't break on the front line. I came in and I'm watching this with Nick and these guys were dropped out of a helicopter into the cold Pacific Ocean. They had to swim several miles to shore and then do this assignment. They hadn't slept all week. And I started crying and Nick looked at me because it's not often that I'm going to cry when men jump out of a helicopter. You know, he's like, okay, this is random. And um, and I said, I think this is how I feel. And he said, what do you mean? I said, um, I feel like, spiritually speaking, I've always said, we're the Navy SEALs of the church, we're rescuing slaves, we're on the front lines, you know, like we're the Navy SEALs. I, I said, I feel like I've been dropped out of the helicopter into the freezing cold ocean, I've got to swim miles to shore, do the assignment, and I know I can do it. I, right. I, I know I've got the muscle memory, I've got the tenacity, I, I, I can do this. And as I was crying, I said to him, I know I can, but for the first time in over three decades of following Jesus... I don't know if I want to. I had never said that phrase, like, you know, Julie, never. Mm -hmm. I, plenty of times I've said, I don't know if I can, I'm, you right. know, but never. Right. I don't know if I want to. And I said to him, and there was the other part, I said, um, I've got so much momentum that if I don't do anything dumb, <laughs> there's not really that much discernment out there. No one will even know for a decade because I've got decades of momentum behind right. me. And, you know, nowadays you can just post something and every once a week and people think, oh, yeah, she's, you know. And I said, um, I just if I just take my foot off the gas and go and run a taverna in Santorini and serve people baklava and talk to people about Jesus one-on-one -on -one and, you know, not have to deal with any sort of public world or... Um, and then I, I looked at Nick and I said, no one would even know that I took my foot off the gas. And then I went, but Jesus would. Yeah. Jesus would know. And um, that was where I came out. I went, how did I get here? Like, yeah. how did I get to a place which is a drift? And during that time, there was a lot of people very publicly walking away from their faith right. and posting it and their whole deconstruction stories. So it wasn't that, it, uh, but it was instead of pressing on, to lay a hold of all of that for which Christ Jesus laid a hold of me. How about I just coast 
to the finish line. So that's a form of drifting as right. much as I'm walking away from everything else. Right. So drifting has many subtle forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, what you when you said, I, I know that, that I can, but I'm just not sure if I want to. And it seems like over this last year and a half, a lot of people lost their want to. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people walking away from their marriages, walking away from their calling, walking away from the fight. What, what do you think are some of the things that lead to that? I know you shared, yeah. you know, some of your story. What do you think are some of the reasons people are, are giving up and ringing the bell? Yeah, I think you ultimately ring the bell if um, you're not surrounded by it. Here is some of the things, thank God, that the years before I had done right um, – was building a great community of people around me, um, being firmly planted mm. um, in a local uh, community of believers, having a um, people around me that wouldn't just go, yep, go with your feelings, Chris, right. but would remind me of my calling and would actually, you know, there was a, one of my very dear friends is Lisa Harper, who you yeah. know, and uh, you know, <laughs> Christ Fellowship loves with a passion. Um but during that time, I'm telling you, she called me probably five times a day. She was not going to let me go, like mm-hmm. four months. This was not like just a once I'm going to wow. check in on you. Mm-hmm. It was like, if I need to carry you on a bed, cut a hole in a roof and drop you at the feet of Jesus because you can't carry yourself. Yep. Uh, and there was like three girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelley Giglio was another one. There's a couple yeah. of girls around that time that were like, we will carry you mm-hmm. as long as we need to carry you, but you are not going to go. I, can, I can't even begin to explain to you mm-hmm. how that probably kept me more than yeah. almost anything else. Yeah, I think that that, that whole concept, and we were created for community. Yeah. And I know we say that all the time. It's become a little bit of a, you know, a little, it sounds trite, but it's so oh, true. Yeah. It's so true. And, you know, I think a lot of times that that we need a close community, a community of faith around yeah. us, not just, you know, great friends that are like, no. how you doing? But those that are going to call us up to what God's called us to. Totally. And I, I, I think that, you know, a lot of times that in the church, a lot of people walk away from that because they may have been hurt in the yeah. church. And, you know, I always say that there that there is, you know, there is no perfect church. There is no perfect community, but this is God's perfect plan for yeah. us to make it and to endure. And so you talk so much about endurance. And I think oh, yeah. that, you know, this is, I mean, all your your message of this entire book, How Did I Get Here, is really a, a message in endurance. And I, I would just be, you know, interested to hear from you. What are some of the practices and disciplines that you put in your life? Because you are more passionate now yeah, yes. <laughs> at, at 55 <laughs> yeah. than when I met you at 44. Yeah. I mean, you have kept going and it could be, like you said, easy to let off the gas, but what are the practices and the disciplines you put in your into your life to be able to keep you anchored and keep you from drifting. For sure. And I think here, again, I come down to at 55, I'm laughing because I I wrote, how did I get here? And I thought, at the end of the day, this is all I've got to give you all. Mm -hmm. Meaning... I, I went, I've been through the fire many, many times during, you know, yeah. the course of my life, but particularly these last few years, like everybody. Um, and it's the, when I say the same basics, this is the truth that I thank God yeah. I had built these spiritual practices. Like people go, well, what do you mean? You know, being part of a local church? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, hurt can come in community, but healing also comes in community too. And, you know, I said I had that betrayal from that friend, but then, a whole group of other friends yeah. carried me during all of that time. So in the mystery of God, it sort of works. Um, I cannot underestimate 
or uh, the value of prayer, being truly connected to God. I mean, with all the frustration, but I never stopped talking to God. Admittedly, at times there may have been yelling involved or frustration involved, but he did not run from any of that. You know, there was that. Um, When I think about, I um, am a big proponent of a quiet time. I know this seems to be like this thing that people think you don't need it. But for me, I have my quiet time chair. And again, even during these darkest hours, Mm -hmm. it is these practices that held me. It's just... As basic as it seems when people think, wow, you mean being part of a community matters, it saved my life. You mean talking to God even when you're frustrated and angry and don't want to and expressing the reality of that, you can do that. Christine, you even did that as a Bible teacher. Yes. I'm saying yes. And, um, you know, I think it's a matter of going, um, I'm going to stay in a regular Bible reading plan. And there was times, you know, there are times when I'm firing and I can just go, I'm, I'm in there on my own. Well, you know what? I needed, uh, there was a season during that dark season where, thank God for whether it's version or the Dwell app or it, where I just yeah. needed someone to read the Bible to me. Yeah. And that's how I got through. Like it was like I wow. didn't have the strength, but because I stayed, mm-hmm. I did whatever it took to stay connected. And then when I didn't even have the strength, I thank God in the 21st century, we have so many resources yeah. that that if they're used for the right mm-hmm. reason, they literally can be like something that keeps us anchored yeah. in that hour. It certainly mm-hmm. did for me during yeah. that time. I, I I totally can relate to that. You know, you, you talk a lot about renewing your mind, yes. you know, renewing, transforming. Those are yeah. all processes totally. that happen mm-hmm. over time. One thing I say a lot is that the small steps that we take today are going to determine the big stories that we tell tomorrow. Beautiful. And I, I see that in your life because, mm-hmm. you know, you you talk about the fact that, yeah, I may have gotten saved at an early age, but but what God had before me, I, I had to I had to step into it oh, yeah. and renewing your mind. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, um, about just the concept of of what you've done to renew your mind, mind daily. Yeah, and it is, you know, and, and in different ways. I mean, of course, it's all rooted and grounded in the Word. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my my big rock. It's like it's all going to land there. Over the course of my life in different seasons, and as, and the one I just came through to, um, I've had some good Christian counselors. I've had everything from spiritual directors, that there are different yeah. times where there might be um, a spiritual director and Christian therapists and Again, to the point that they're in alignment with the Word of God. While I was going through um, that season in 2016, 2017, I went through intense therapy. I think with my mother passing away, I went to a family of origin counselor that was just amazing. But then we hit a point at about eight-month mark where some of our foundations um, were different. And I thought, it's not actually going to be helpful for me to keep going here because my my beliefs are in alignment with the Word of God. And at that point, you know, so you've got right. to kind of set that. So for me, mm-hmm. it'll come down there and then I will get as much supplementary help as I can to help me ring in my mind. I will read books and different authors. I will listen to um, podcasts. And I listen to diversity, but I'm still always going to come down to the rock of, is this rooted and grounded in scripture? So whether it's even a a counselor or whether it's um, a friend or a book or a commentary, but I am to this day, I mean, I enrolled in um, grad school at 50 Mm -hmm. because I wanted to keep renewing my mind and I wanted to keep being transformed and I wanted to keep being effective. Um, 
And, you know, I'm, I'm considering now that I finished um, my master's, like doing a doctorate for the same reason that I want to be committed to the mm-hmm. ongoing process of renewing my mind, both about my beliefs about God and my beliefs about myself yeah. and my beliefs about neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So good. So rich. Um, you know, one of the things going back to what we were talking about earlier about prayer, um, one of the chapters in your book that I loved so much is when you talked about just lamenting. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just even the the practice of lamenting. Can you unpack that? For sure. You know, and I think, I mean, you know, with COVID and just with all of the turmoil of the last several years, it's like the Christians are rediscovering what it is to lament. I mean, the Psalms are full of pouring out your thoughts, feelings, hearts, frustrations, anger, uh, grief, pain. God is not scared of emotions. And I think if you come from a particular religious culture or Christian culture that really downplays emotions and almost like there's something wrong with you if you feel, what we do is we keep pushing these things down instead of taking them to God, um, and eventually it's going to explode. It's going to pop up somewhere. It's either that is somehow how we're trying to medicate that through maybe different addictions or different habits um, that are destructive. Ultimately, when God's like, you could just bring this to me, yeah. you could just yeah. pour. And I often say to people like, you know, if you, even to this day, this is like, because it's a practice that I, I've just learned to do. I do not withhold from God right. anything, you know, um, because He knows anyway. And we can say that, like, but I do come from a Greek Orthodox culture where, I was scared to learn to do that because you 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 really do you're brought up with this thought that somehow that's dishonoring God right. or you're going to make him angry or he's going to punish you and of course all of those things are things that I had you know whether this is what they meant to teach me or not it's certainly lessons I internalized that mm-hmm. you somehow just have to be on your best behavior to God you have to like pretend everything's okay and you're dying on the inside. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to pop an extra pill or have an extra glass of wine or do some, and you end up medicating right. stuff, not because you want to become an addict or escape to porn or do something, but because you don't want to feel anymore. You don't right. know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to you're going to do something is what I'm trying to say. Is right. it, it, you're going to do something. Then that sets off guilt and shame and condemnation. So I'm like, I think because of all the processing and maybe therapy and I've just learned just lie on the floor and leave mm-hmm. it all before mm-hmm. God. And I I have done that 20 times a day if I need to, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And, and it, it kind of getting that out at that level. I, find, I found reading the Psalms and I'm starting a whole new seasons of uh, now of every morning just reading a Psalm aloud. There's something about praying the Psalms and then you start praying them, saying them out loud to God. And you're like, is this in the Bible? Right. You mean, you know, it's sort of like, I feel like vindicated. It's like, you know, God, I hate them. God, kill them. Okay, Lord, <laughs> please forgive everyone. And I love everyone. <laughs> awesome. There's another Psalm. And, you know, by the time you've vented that, you you feel I could go to work today. Is that so <laughs> true. I know. And, you know, really, when you think about it, like scripture is just, I mean, just full totally. of lamenters. Totally. I mean, you've got Jeremiah, Elijah, David, who you just mentioned. And honestly, when we follow their example, that was that led to an intimacy Absolutely. with Christ, that, that honest prayer and that conversation that we can have. It's amazing. So I love that so much of your message, I and mean, you talked about God's people and you talked about God's word. And it really, just to sum it up, really just speaks volumes that 
even when we don't know what to do, we can always know where to go. Amen. We can go to the Word. We can go to prayer. We can go to God's family, and that's what He's. These are the gifts that He's given us. Okay, so to just end this time okay. together, um, you know, again, one of the things I have loved watching you over these last several years, even prior to you coming here the first time, um, and knowing you personally, is that God seems to be always speaking to you a new word in every season that that you don't that you don't settle for a word from a past season. And so I would love to hear right now today what's God teaching you now? What is the now word that God's been laying on your heart for this season? It could be today, this week, yeah. but we know that God is always speaking. So what's he speaking to you? Yeah, right like now? for for me it's like, you know, it, it's time like in our hearts to draw a line in the sand that says it, as believers, as followers of Jesus, is I'm all in, and I've got. It's time to get our skin in the game again. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to be pretty. Like, but you can tell right. there's there's been a lot of uh, Christian commentators and Christian critics in the grandstands. So we've got the grandstands have been just running rampant the last four or five years. With very little skin in the game, it's like there's a lot of trying to skin people alive, but there's not a lot of skin in, in the yeah. game. And and yet we come from a legacy and a great cloud of witnesses that had skin in the game from yeah. right the Old Testament through to, um, you know, the, the New Testament all the way through. I think all of the disciples, the way that they, you know, died and how Paul was beheaded and John the Baptist was beheaded. I mean, there was just, there was skin in the game. And I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately, obviously, uh, Jesus Christ gave gave it all. He had yeah. all skin in the game. And w- the invitation that we have is... Um, to be all in. So in our heart, there needs to be a consecration where we go, I'm not just going to sit in the grandstands and be a critic or a skeptic or a commentator. Lots of that happening, but I'm going to get back in the game, all in, all heart. Now, with love and grace and compassion, but I am drawing a line in the sand. I think there's been this, it's almost like, you know, if um, a bomb goes off and everyone's just so shocked, like you don't even know. We've been wondering around like that for a few years and um, and then commentating on it and criticising and doing our thing. And it's like, okay, time to get back on the field mm-hmm. and time to get in the and all in, knowing that you're, you're all in um, because if we don't call people to a Christianity of skin in the game, Again, um, all we're going to have is Christians in the grandstands thinking they're in the game, thinking they're on the field because they're in the gates, Mm -hmm. but they're not actually on the field playing the game. They're in the commentary box Mm -hmm. um, and they're in the spectating box. And so it's time to get on the playing field. Yeah, That is so rich, so good. I am going to re-listen to everything you just said because I believe it. And thank you for not ringing the bell and quitting, but thank you for ringing the bell of salvation, of freedom, of of renewing our minds, and and for being all in. And what you've imparted today, I know, is going to be a lasting word. So thank you so much for being with us. Hey, it's my honor. Thank you, Julie. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? 
If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.